two opinionated women with strong views they aren't afraid to express chat loudly about current affairs, families, life and everything else that's on their minds. Perry Wise Women, the podcast, is Kelly Finlayson and Jackie Matthews laughing, sharing and sometimes crying their way into listeners' hearts and minds. Join Kelly and Jackie and their occasional guests for a weekly escape from reality to their zany world on the Ballerine Peninsula in Victoria, Australia. Hey, Cal, how are you? Good, Jack. How are you going? So good. So that's good. That's good. Well, today, um, let's. I thought we would just let's just get into it. Today, we actually have one of my big sisters on, Debbie, talking about her uh, perimenopause and her menopause um, journey, which was a few years ago. And I know I brought it up a couple of episodes ago and I got in trouble because I got it wrong. So <laughs> Debbie's here to explain to us and to all the other Perrys what she went through and um, what it did for her physically, emotionally and all of that stuff. So I'm going to hand over to you, Jack, to um, have a chat with my sister and I'll just sit in the background and listen. Fantastic. Hi, Deb. How are you? Welcome to the How are you? Hi, Cal. <laughs> Cal's <laughs> waving frantically. We've recently interviewed and spoken to a few women who have been through menopause, uh, maybe still going through it, and just hearing what their journey is. And it's just been really fascinating, I guess, and, and just really eye-opening to see the difference between from woman to woman so it's not just a you know clear-cut guide of this is what's going to happen to you and you know where you go and everything's going to be great so it's been really interesting to hear other people's journeys and so I guess uh you're probably like just one of the first ones to come on to be able to just tell us you know what happened to you how how you know how is it going now and you know do you like I guess for some listeners it's like oh please tell me there's you know, the other side where it's all rosy and um, and good. So welcome to the show. And maybe just start by just saying, you know, like where are you at in your menopausal journey? I'm 64 now and I am hopefully over the other side. But I tell you, I, know I suffered dreadfully from night sweats and that's probably... Hmm, I think that's about all I've, I could say is kind of hanging on. And I never used to sweat before. I never had a perspiration problem. Couldn't even really say that I wore needed to wear deodorant. It was just more for the fragrance than anything else. But <laughs> what I'd like to do is go back and give you a little bit of a history of my mother had fibroids. Fibroids, my gynecologist tells me or told me that if you have menstrual cycles, you will have fibroids uh, some of us the fibroids grow and grow and grow <laughs> uh, other ones they will they do all grow I think but at a certain point some of us get it so that they're big enough mum's was the size of a football when they took the fibroids out so she had what they call a um, I think it's a complete hysterectomy where they took everything with me I had a radical hysterectomy which is where they leave they try and leave the ovaries he could only leave one but he said that would be enough to stop me from going into menopause 
So I was 43 at the time when I had my uh, hysterectomy. I was a bit angry because not well, less than a year ago, year before that, I had had my tubes tied. And I think they're working in the same area. <laughs> so you would think that they, uh, the other gynecologist, I'd absolutely actually gone to a different gynecologist on somebody's recommendation, which I truly regretted because I'd had this gynecologist, Chirigakis, throughout my female history and should have stuck with him. But anyway, so he went in and he, he sat down and told me all the things that I needed to know, like the radical and the complete and whether it could be done by a um, keyhole surgery, what he would do when he found out, because he couldn't really see from the x-rays and ultrasounds what he needed to do, how big the fibroid actually was. And um, so he did a bit of a, a look-see to start with. And when he got in, in there, he had to get, I had like a full C-section cut, you know, so I came out with uh, my right, right ovary and nothing else. So, yeah, I don't remember going into any kind of downtime with that. I um, had a five, six weeks where I couldn't do anything other than that. No, nope, I was fine. And I didn't really notice anything other than I didn't have to spend lots of money in that aisle in the supermarket. Um, <laughs> I sort of had a giggle every time I walked down that aisle, but it got me in the end. It wasn't until I was probably about 49 when I would probably have naturally gone into menopause, um, which was probably perimenopause then, but it's uh, now got a name, but it didn't before. And all I would, uh, all I could tell you that happened to me is that I would get like, if I felt hot, it wasn't a heat from the room. It was, it was just me feeling hot, I think, and probably it was an inner burning. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, my solar panels working over time, and the uh, I'd start to giggle. I must have been the happiest menopausal person you've ever met in your life because I just giggled. And I giggled at the most inopportune times where I would, you know, be sitting at dinner with my in-laws-to-be who I just met and started this giggle. And I just I couldn't stop. I had to leave the table, got up, went outside, settled myself down, cooled down, and then came back and they were still just sitting there eating. And it was so funny I wanted to start giggling again just for real because it was a funny situation. Were you giggling like, was it like a fake <laughs> giggle or a nervous no, giggle? No, no, it was a full-on like I'd just heard the funniest joke. And, and it would start in the middle of a meeting at work. It would be somebody come up. I don't think it ever happened when somebody was trying to tell me something quite serious. Thank God, yeah. <laughs> because that would have been, I mean, I'm a giggler to start with, you know. Uh, yeah. I always have been. Our mother was, Kelly is, Cheryl is, I suppose yeah. it runs in the family. The boys don't giggle. <laughs> it was genuine. Oh, yeah. look, people would start laughing with me. It was, you know, they wouldn't know what they were laughing at, nor did I. But, you know, it was it was quite a pleasant experience compared to what I saw some of my friends going through, you know, turning that bright beetroot red and, and, and uh, just having to, you know, tear their clothes off because they were so hot. I, I was never hot like that. 
It was yeah. just like you, it was getting to form in the room, you know, you'd sort of think, and then off it would go. Yeah. So, so did this, this yeah. happened just after you had that hysterectomy with the one ovary, no, this is, or did it happen later, like after that? This is like six years later. Yeah, okay. So I don't, I don't recall any symptoms at all when I had the hysterectomy itself. Yeah, okay, okay. But then you still had the one ovary anyway, didn't you? So Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, okay. So I guess that was keeping me going. Yeah. And so from 49 uh, to, so like, can you kind of tell us how long did that go for? Like 49 to um, probably yeah. approximately a year. It yeah, was, okay. it was, uh, yeah, it probably wow. worked for about a year, sometimes worse, sometimes mm -hmm. not noticeable. Mm. Let's say a year. Yeah. And, and then, then now I'm, I'm other than wow. the night sweats that I have, I certainly don't think I, I've never been a bitch. And, um, <laughs> at least I don't think I am, but my sister and daughter tell you different things. But uh, I, you know, I've always thought I was pretty even keeled as far as, as um, emotions go. You know, I, I cry a lot more than what I used to. Maybe that's something from it. I, you know, easy, easy cry. Yeah. I mean, I've always cried at commercials and stuff like that, but now yeah. it's like I can start crying and then it's like full-on cry. <laughs> Some of that might be the lockdown, <laughs> you know. It might be a type of depression or something that's, you know, I, don't, I never like to say that anybody's depressed, but, you know, it is, it is a weird time and so and we're all living it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when people cry, you know, we can cry for the most strangest reasons. I actually was crying the other night um, watching The Voice and, um, <laughs> you know. <it's> <laughs> it was good, wasn't it? Last night, yeah. Somebody was singing and then I was crying and I was like, I'm thinking to myself, why am I crying? My kids are looking at me like, you are nuts, mum. But, but I've always been the... Um, the cry out like when my kids do something. So like even yeah. when like they're teenagers and they go have their first like day at work, I'm yeah. crying because I'm so like so I'm kind of I guess it's the happy crier because you yeah. know yeah. crying I'm a happy from like pride. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do all that. But if you're crying yeah. like because you're really sad, then that's probably no good. Yeah, no, I'm not sad. <laughs> I'm certainly, certainly not sad. Just not uh not fully in the um, swing of life, I guess, at the moment. Uh, we yeah. all feel a bit strange. Yeah, it is a bit strange. So would you say then for your menopausal journey that that it was pretty smooth sailing? Like besides the nights where it's and the yeah. light in, a, in an aisle and looking like... Most of what I'm suffering now is age-type stuff. I, I am, I'm having some vaginal issues, mm -hmm. which, um, you know, they tell you that it's atrophied, which is really sad. You oh. may want to bleep that out. I don't know, but it's sad to say that you. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, I'm having bladder issues and pain issues. I am on HRT now, which is a cream, Ovestin, and I think that it doesn't make any difference to my moods at all. I haven't noticed anything there, but I guess it's supposed to be helping something. So what is she it? She said it would help everything. Yeah, okay. And how long have you been on that for, Deb? Uh, I think about a year. In November, it'll probably be a year. And it's a cream, you say? Do you, like, rub it on yeah. yourself? No, you put it in. Ah, okay. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. Um, I always thought it would be a pill. Mm. Somehow, I, I always thought it would be something that you'd pop, you know, like a little blue pill. Yeah. That's what, Mom had a blue pill. <laughs> yeah. As we all know. But, um, yeah, yeah, so it's it's a cream. Uh, apparently, it's the best way for your body to absorb it is uh, through the vaginal wall. Right. And you can either get the, what would you call it, applicator mm -hmm. uh, and cream, or they do have like a suppository. But I haven't tried those. I, I want to try them, though. They look a little bit less. Yeah, okay. Uh, fiddly. Yeah, yeah. And so, and has it been the same one that you've been on for over a year? Like, and I guess if, you, yeah. if you're on it and you're feeling well or you're feeling okay, yeah. then you would have to go off it to then think, oh, shivers, now all of these other things. Are yes, and, uh, and that may be the reason why. But, yeah. you know, HRT is not what it used to be. It's not the thing to be frightened of anymore. Like, you know, the, they had the breast cancer scare hmm. years ago that, you know, but these women had been on HRT for years and, you know, so they say now that you can be on it for up to 10 years and then yeah. you need a break from it. Mm -hmm. So I've got a few years to have it. My um, mother-in-law's sister, she was on it for 17 years. She's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just gone off it just recently. I know. Mm -hmm. um, but Has I she think noticed that, a difference? That would be, <laughs> have you yeah. noticed a difference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now she's like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's 70. So, you know, she's yeah. well and truly like to go off it. But, um, but yeah, I guess some people, you know, depending on who your GP is and you can yeah. just get away with it, but then there's other doctors that are probably like, no, no, you've been on it for too long and you need to get off. Um, I, don't think I'd let, I don't think I'd let my GP decide what sort of HRT I was on. Sorry, Murray. Murray, the, uh, a gynecologist I think is the best person to try and get you uh, sorted out everybody's got their own story and everybody like everything else you know nobody's marriage is the same nobody's children are the same you know and you can take a little bit of this and a little bit of that from your friends but at the end of the day I would talk to my own gynecologist and and um, you know get a, a relationship going with them because yeah. you need them more as you get older the they are certainly uh, playing a bigger part in my life now so, yeah, okay. Yeah. See, I, mean, I guess some people go to an endometriologist, easy for me to say, endometriologist. But did you, did your GP suggest you go see the gynecologist or did you say, I want to go and see this person? I told him what my issue was and he sent me to the gynecologist. Okay. And then because I was having, because there's other issues going on, now I'm going to a gynecologist urologist. Oh. So he does the bladder and everything as part of his thing. So I'm actually going to go and have Botox in my bladder. Wow. In a couple of weeks time. Yes. That's something I've never heard about before. And he's actually going to put a filler in the neck of the bladder so that I don't have the leakage. Right. Anymore. Wow. The, the Botox is only supposed to last for six months. Yep. Up to six to eight months. Mm -hmm. And then, but the filler lasts up to two years. So I've got two different issues going on. So it's um, quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never thought I'd have Botox, and the least I thought I'd ever have it in my bladder. Yeah. <laughs> you okay. So will they be doing it? Do you know how they're inserting it? You know, through it, the vagina. Day surgery it? under anesthetic. So they're going to open so through the skin. 
No, honey, through the vagina. Yeah. Urethra. Okay. Through the urethra. Yeah. yeah. The um the <laughs> you know, when when I was being tested, I said because one of my girlfriends had actually gone to the same guy and and she said to me, Oh, they do this funny test. So she wanted to prepare me for it. And <laughs> she said, But I don't want to scare you off, you know. And so she said they they he puts a catheter in. And I never she didn't say how bad it hurt or anything. She said they, and they said, you know, they sort of numb it, the area. Well, I'll tell you what, if somebody says to you, you're going to have a catheter and you're still awake, be prepared because I'll tell you, it hits the nerves and it goes right down to your toes. <laughs> so yeah, it was different. And then they fill you up with your bladder up with water and measure how much is coming out. And, oh, it's all technical. Oh, wow. So yeah. you're yeah. booked in to do that? No, I've had that, and I'm booked in to go now and have the, the actual surgery where they knock me out. And uh, I've read the, the pamphlets. Some women, after they've had this done, have to have a, a catheter for a day or two. Yeah. Uh, hopefully I won't be one of those sort of people. But mm -hmm. um, at least I would be asleep when they put it in because I've never had anything like that before. Yeah, 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 goodness. Usually they put a catheter in when they're operating on you or something. So, yeah. you know, I've, I've certainly had catheters but not put in when I was wide awake. Yeah. So is this um, a, a common thing that happens, do you know, or is it something that's childbirth? Apparently or? it is something that if you had a vaginal childbirth that it can be quite common. They think they treat it, they used to treat it like um, it was because your pelvic floor was weak now I, I know my pelvic floor isn't weak because I can shut my you know urine off and on while I'm going so I know my pelvic muscles are okay actually the bladder itself mine's stressed I have stressed bladder and overactive bladder menopause everything is varied because from the time we start to menstruate when you know you're sort of going through puberty most girls are kind of at the same level I guess you know maybe there's some that might have been sexually active or whatever you know like at that early stage but from from the time that you start puberty at like 12 or whatever that age is mm -hmm. to when you like go through menopause and then you're like in your late 40s usually unless it's like an early onset then it depends on all of the different things that have happened yeah. through your life like you know childbirth, sexual activities, like all sorts of things. And, and and not even that, but just like, you know, even just all of the things that, you know, might have had endometriosis or different periods. Like there's just where our bodies are so like complex. We're so gifted women in the fact that we are, are able to, to have ch children. I think that that's just like a, an absolute miracle that we're able to, you know, grow a baby and and, <laughs> and give birth to yeah. a child, um, that then that obviously then opens up so much, so many complications and so many different things that happen as we go through menopause and then after that. So I think that what you're talking about, Deb, is, you know, just sort of opens, pardon the pun, the floodgates for, like, mm. <laughs> for just that more conversation <laughs> around, you know, all of the different things that can happen. So thank you for sharing. It's really, um, yeah. It's it really, is a gift that keeps giving. <laughs> it is the gift that Certainly. keeps giving. Absolutely. Certainly. I mean, you know, we're so proud to be women and 
the our voices out there i'm sure uh in lots of ways i th i think about some of the women in the world that don't have what we have and we're very blessed but i would encourage everybody to get themselves a good gynecologist and at least have a good relationship with your doctor so that it you know there's no reason to suffer through any type of menopause you know you see all these women and they're struggling and stuff and I'll even say to them, like I've said, I said to Kelly, you know, are you on evening primrose oil? That's a, that's a, gotta be. You got to have yeah. evening primrose oil. That is just such a good supplement. And you know, other than that, the the doctors will help you, or a naturopath can help you, or whatever. But don't suffer. Yeah. Don't suffer. Don't become that that person that you know. I know a guy who was married to a woman when she went through menopause. She tried to kill him. You know, and and uh, so there's there's <laughs> there's you can go from being a, a really nice person, and she was. I knew I know her. She was a nice person, but her mother also went off her rocker when she went through menopause. Whether they ever go back to being normal, I don't know, because you cut ties with those sort of people. Mm. You know, but <laughs> it's something. It's something that is very much part of our uh, our picture. When you look at any person, that's part of our story. And, you know, you've got to make it as hopefully as happy as possible. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I'm enjoying your podcast, guys. I'm, uh, I'm up to date and everything. So that's good. <laughs> look, look, <laughs> yeah. I turn it on and play games. It, I, you know, it's on in the background when I've got games going at night when, yeah. before I go to sleep. So it's good. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. And it really is. Yeah. yeah thank so, you. To reflect, you said that you were you're 64 now, is that right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and you went through menopause when you were about 49 and you like yeah. pretty much like sort of went through that in a year and then after that there's other yeah. things that are happening, but that's but you're okay. And you're on you're still on so you've been on the um HRT for a year. Were you on it yeah. previously, like when you were actually no. going through? No. Uh-uh, no. And you didn't feel a need to or you just didn't, it didn't happen? No, I didn't feel a need to do it because I didn't feel like I was wanting to strangle anybody and my moods were fairly usual, you know. I live alone so it's hard to kind of say. I, I have serious talks to myself sometimes but, you know, there may be something that somebody else if they could see me from the outside would have said oh god she was suffering she i wish she'd gone and had something done earlier <laughs> i've had quite a history of different things going on so so uh it's hard for me to identify at one time when it's when it's this thing and then it became that thing or did that thing carry on from that thing yeah absolutely and that's the thing in our life it can you know different different events happen and they cause similar um symptoms than what as what menopause would cause yes <laughs> so, yes so it's it's easy to to just get a label and say oh that's what this is but uh -huh. in fact, it could be something that's you know you're just unhappy with whatever your relationship your, your job at the time you know whatever it is um yeah. that yeah that could be causing it well thank you so much do you have anything that you want to ask your sister kelly Mm. I suppose hey, I do. Today. It's, <laughs> I no, I'm, no, it's about you. Not <laughs> so you, uh, like 15 years later after going, being perimenopausal and going through menopause, 
you're still having work done on you know on your ovaries and on or and on your female parts so that's 15 years later is not on my um, ovaries on my bladder on your bladder my my ovary my one last ovary would be all shriveled up and gone i think kel (laughs) that's what happens it tries up like a grape i think (laughs) oh make wine okay Uh, it's it's ongoing it's not necessarily women problems men have these Mm. bladder problems too so it's uh that's not connected but the stress that you're having a baby puts on your body and i only had one you only had Mm. one and jackie's had four do you have four five Five. oh my goodness well just like mom i mean uh, Mm. you know and mom went through a lot of stuff because of the number of children she'd had and you know i just I, i look at how they treated her and I often said that because she didn't have HRT, that was why she moved into dementia so early. Mm-hmm. She had a she had a hysterectomy, a total hysterectomy uh, when she was fifty three, I think it was fifty three or fifty. And by fifty four, she was showing signs of uh, uh, forgetfulness. She would repeat herself from then. She started repeating herself, and it just got worse from there. And I I still think that if they'd gone and checked her home hormones, that you know, it may have stayed it off a little while because mm-hmm. that's uh, that's one of the major things that they say that can cr- cause a dementia-like uh, appearance to some people is uh, yeah. not only lack of water but but lack of uh, hormones, screwed up mm-hmm. your hormones. And, and so if they can rectify that, maybe all these people aren't suffering from a true dementia. It's something mm-hmm. that can be solved. Well, thank you so much. Okay, guys, I'll talk to you another day. Thanks for sharing me. Okay, I love you. Bye. Ciao, Perrys. Thank you for listening to the Perry Wise Women podcast. Jackie and Kelly would love for you to join their collection. Go to their Facebook page, Perry Wise Women, and join the group. Let them know who you are, what topics you'd like them to discuss, and anything else that's on your mind.